This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our new website. They made the process of creating and continually editing a website super easy. And the end result? Well, I'll let you check it out for yourself at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. In these COVID-19 times when going online has been a must for some businesses, Gavin, the guys know how to get you there. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. Now, some podcasts might give you a little discount code, but I'm not quite there yet, so keep listening, and maybe I will be one day. But anyway, you should check them out at www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. That's www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. Now, to bigger chats, let's go. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Big head chats with the analytics guy. Welcome. Eleven point six percent. Oh, is the percentage increase of age of every runner in the world on average taken from a very large sample size of runs? Just runs uh, increase from thirty five point two to thirty nine point three on just average age in running races. So. The average age of people in running races is getting older. Well, fuck me dead. <laughs> there you go. And I bring that to you, Ollie, because you run a bit of a speed run podcast to get things done before the season starts in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. I'll get, I see that now. Yeah. I didn't know where you are quite going with that for a second, <laughs> but now it makes sense. Not bad. I always tie it together. <laughs> you got to trust me. you got to trust me. It has been a speed run. It's been late night, early morning pods. Five teams in one. That's what we're doing right now. Five big teams. Smash it out. And just... <laughs> straight through. <laughs> just go quick and hard. And uh, and we wake up tomorrow morning and we launch into the NBA once again. We love it. Um, so we've got, got some very interesting teams to talk about mm-hmm. in, this, in this pod. So Dallas, Boston, Phoenix, Memphis, Philadelphia. So five teams that... Have a lot of storylines, a lot of potential, young. Um, so I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Okay. We're going to kick it off with Dallas. Now, I feel like Dallas is the team that you want to talk about the most for some reason. Am I right in saying that? Oh, you're pretty on point. Yeah, I just I get that sense <laughs> as, we, as we start the pod. It's another number team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> correct. And they're, they're so good. No, not so, but they, they're good and they're young. Young stars, lots of potential, so they're exciting. Have the number one offense of all time yeah. this season. Yeah. I'm just going to bring I'm gonna bring an arrow up right now. That, that's an actual statistic, the number one like offense gonna, of all time. You're going to say that a lot because you may as well because it, well, it is it, the fact. It is what it is. I know. They're led by a second-year point guard, European point guard. It's... Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've number one offensive all That's time. All you, say. you did not think you wouldn't even consider that at all going into the season, thinking of this Dallas Mavericks roster mm-hmm. with their third best players probably Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. or Dwight Powell. Third best, oh, sorry, best offense of all time. It's unbelievable. Can't believe the words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> but with that offense, they are only the seventh seed, uh, forty and twenty-seven heading into the bubble. Um, a game and a half behind 
Houston and OKC, who sit above them in six and five. Um, straight off the bat, Will, glass half full for Dallas. What uh, you just said? S- <laughs> yes, sort of what we just said, but I guess in a similar way to what we've said, everything else, uh, that, that we always name a player when they have what we've named up. The, the Lakers have LeBron James. Other teams have whoever. They have Luka Doncic. Just making probably top 10 players currently in the NBA in his second year, put up nearly a 39-9 and nine season. Unbelievable. Best. 29. Twenty. Oh, sorry. I'm allowed to round up. <laughs> to 39. Let me. Did I say 39? You said 39. I thought I said 30. Oh. 39 <laughs> points per game. No. <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe my brain's fried. I've been babysitting kids all day. <laughs> but yeah, no. They got Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, you have your two stars. Some people can... Might not consider Chris Dapps a star yet, but he's a he's a very good player. I think it, that's a lot of recency bias in that, though, because we forget about what he was becoming before he did his ACL mm. in New York. That that half a season he played, he was an all star. Yeah, and you could just see the trajectory was going up. He was he was the guy on that team. He was there, Luka Doncic. So it's a lot of recency bias there that we're just forgetting what he was becoming. So and. Same with people like a Blake Griffin, even. So you forget about what they were and how dominant they were just before their injuries. Um, and then, so he's, he's silenced the doubters a little bit with the the second half of his season, um, just before lockdown. He was in some great form. No, well, yeah, he's spot on. He hitting shots from the logo. Oh. <laughs> like with, like Hates the post. Like he's <laughs> allergic to the post. <laughs> For a seventh, seven foot three guy. Oh, he's the type of guy you don't want to play against on 2K because he's going to hit those oh. those dirty shots that you're not happy with. No. Nah. He's a modern-day Rafe LaFrance. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was just in some in some great nick and really starting to gel well with Luca as well, which is obviously the, the most important part um, because Luca is, he is their future. So if you don't gel well with him, you're, I mean... It's going to make life hard for you. Exactly. And well, making that trade was a big gamble for them in the first place. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they didn't... Oh, Dennis Smith Jr., I mean, you can say what you can about him. He he had a bit of potential, especially when they traded him and it was a couple of first-round picks mm. and whatnot. But they did take a bit of a gamble going for Chris Stapps, considering yeah. with his injury history as well. And then knowing... Not knowing how he was going to be, sorry, yeah. coming out of that injury to then knowing that they're going to have to pay him $150 mm. million extension, which I think they did. Yeah. So... A lot of gambles which have seemed to pay off this fight. And right now, with the coach they have, the culture they have with Mark Cuban, they're a very attractive, very, very attractive, attractive free agent, agent. destination. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't fault Rick Carlisle as a coach. Mm. Everyone, the respect that he has around the league is unbelievable. He's adapted to the modern era as well. Yep. We talked about really Greg well. Popovich last episode about how he's a bit lagging behind with that, but he has been brilliant. And it's just shown that by far the best offense of all time. Like, yeah. it, it, there's a margin there from how bit They can have a few bad games and still easily be up there. Yeah. Um, but, and and Mark Cuban as well, one of the you know most entertaining <laughs> owners in the league. And you know that he's going to do anything he can to, to make them competitive. And, you know, when free agents come up in the future, you know he'll be there front and centre. With the pitch. One of the most, probably the most, like, teaming, wanting to be involved with the team guys in the entire league. More yeah. than Steve Ballmer or anyone like that. I was going to say, who's more 
I don't know what the word is. Who's more entertaining to watch, Bama or um, <laughs> Bama has human. the funny interactions. That press conference when they announced Kawhi and PG is probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's what you want if you're Kawhi or Paul George, if you're honest. It's a big step up from yeah. the last owner. <laughs> but like, it's amazing. He he's, he must have he must be a little bit NQR. <laughs> like Just red face clapping screaming into the mic like it was loud um but uh, mark cuban very very good i know yeah very and very, that, very good. something that you might not know but mark cuban's ranked up a couple of million dollars of nba fines Purely from just that the, the league has told him a number of times if you enter the court and he said you get out of your designated seat you are not a part of the team you're not a, you're not a president you're not any of this you're not any of that you're, you're not, not involved with the game day yeah stuff like that you're the owner activities. and you haven't put yourself in a role where you are a gem or anything like you're an advisor in that role they say if you get up out of your seat and you get on the court and do anything and we see him do that every game every game you see him when he does that he gets fined you don't hear about it because it's just common now he's happy enough to pay the hefty fine every game to get up and just what, get around his board. what is it again do you remember Oh, I saw something like two million dollars or something, or like two to four million dollars. But it's it's a couple of thousand every game. Yeah, so in total, it's in the in the millions. It's in the millions. Yeah, it's way up in the millions. A few of that have been like half a million dollar fines of him abusing the league and the referees and stuff. But there's a lot of other things as well. Pocket money, pocket money. <laughs> to him, it, it is pocket it doesn't money. Matter. Um, so my so my glass half full is what we've just discussed in that KP's hitting some form free lockdown. Um, and then, like a lot of other team stars, Luke is rested and fit. Looks looks fitter. Looks a bit trimmed down. Um, and they have the potential to climb up as high as the fifth seed if all goes to plan, and that meaning they can avoid the Clippers. Because at the moment, they've got the Clippers. Um, but if they enter that, as we discussed in earlier pods, enter that sort of three to six range, they can match up with anyone. Match up with anyone. And it's basically free reign from there. It doesn't matter where you finish in there. As long as you probably avoid seven and eight, you're in a really good chance to, to go to a second round. Um, so that's – they're a team that needs to be gunning it in these first eight games as much as anyone to avoid the Clippers. Because although I think it wouldn't surprise me if they pushed them to seven and maybe beat the Clippers, you're still not I'm still not going to – Money on it, yeah. No, <laughs> even the sixty bucks I won last time on the punt, I'm not going to put it on. Yeah, <laughs> very proud of last night's. Oh, I'm, so, I'm telling everyone. I can. <laughs> um, anytime I can can uh, bring it up. It's just <laughs> well, why, don't you, why don't you tell the listeners right now? All five of your legs. What you want to hear it? Yeah, oh, I can hear it. I, I'm, any I've chance? To, it, any chance to look at those green ticks again? <laughs> is just a is just a great thing. So, um, my Tigers are playing the Bulldogs. Um, Usually not a big man to bet on my own team, but I thought last night they were, last night they were paying two thirty five. So they're not betting against your team. We were paying two thirty five. Yeah, oh there you How go. disrespectful. Um, so I had the Tigers to win total points over one nineteen and a half, and then Bont and Shy Bolton to get fifteen each, and Mitch Wallace and Jack Rayolt to kick a goal each. Five bucks into sixty. I mean, you, t- you take it. It's easy. Chumps money, it's easy. It's yours. Say just gamble responsibly, five bucks at a time. <laughs> but it means that you can just turn literally nothing into a little bit of something. So what we want yeah, during during the pandemic times, we take any bit of money we can and get. W- withdraw <laughs> fifty, and you got twelve to dabble with for the rest of the rest of the week. Why twelve? 
Why exactly 12? I was 12.50 whatever. It was, um, I won 62.50. 12 was my favourite number, so I guess that could be a bit of luck for you. Yeah, whatever you say, I should bet, bet on then. <laughs> um, <laughs> real quick, Dallas, glass half empty. Uh, I mean, yeah, Luke is not proven in the playoffs. He doesn't have that experience. I'll come back to a glass up full. He's one of the best games that translates to the playoffs. But I guess with this team... They do take a lot of threes, but they're all around great on offense. If a few of their guys can get cold, but that can, it can happen for any team. Yeah, that, that is, a that is a genuine. That can just get cold, and yep. they do exactly sort of what the Rockets do in a way, but better. Mm. And they have defense, you know. So it's, I don't think honestly their their downside is that bad. Like their their general through the season points differential per game is already third best in the West. Mm. Like. Uh, They've exceeded all expectations. It's quite hard to find uh, glass half empties for that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, my I was similar in the fact that yeah, lack of playoff experience throughout the whole roster, really, apart from JJ Brayer, who isn't playing. <laughs> um, and something that's definitely you have definitely to think about is KP's form because I feel like he's a guy that can just going off. Since his return from his injury, he could he can definitely dip, and it wouldn't surprise me if, sort of with the, rough, more of a rough and tough style game in the playoffs, he may, his form may slump a little bit. Mm-hmm. Haven't played for four months and all those type of things. So, um, I think you got to think about KP a little bit. Um, one thing to note is that, so look, Kristaps missed sixteen games and Luca missed thirteen. Um. And they were still able to get to a seven seed and be within striking distance of the five seed. Exactly. So there's lots of positives. They're very strong. And you look at 538's projected wins for this team when they have a full strength roster and it's 55 wins, Mm -hmm. which is unbelievable. Yeah. And then when you look at their full strength player rotation, which adjusts for a certain numbers in history, the teams in the place goes up to a 57 win pace for that team. Unbelievable. Like absurd offensive rating, still positive on defense. Like, the fact that they came into a season, people not counting them like a, a big threat came in, oh, like according to 538 stuff, around a 60% chance of making the playoffs. And they've done very well to now honestly think, quite yeah. possibly be the third best team in the West, or according to the numbers of the third best team in the West, no question. Mm. Whether they actually are or not, them or the Rockets, maybe you can yeah. you can make an argument for any of those teams. You could, yeah. They, they um, up and, and down the entire <laughs> roster. Everyone's shooting efficiently, just doing everything what yep. you want them to, and it's. I think it's one. They're one of those young teams, almost like they haven't proven it in the playoffs yet, obviously, but almost like that Boston team when mm. Kyrie was injured. The Tatum led Boston. Yeah, yeah, it sort of just blossoming quickly, and no one expected it. Mm. Um, so what it does do is put a bit more pressure on them to produce, and if it, especially if they go well in this bubble. And and you know make a second round, then the pressure builds for next year for Luca just to go again, and he's only in his third year. Like it's ridiculous to have that. He, sort he's of already knows that he's getting the full money packet, so he's not yeah. playing for a contract. No one on the team's playing for a contract, mm. quite honestly. It's that's why everything gels, and they have so much good chemistry and everything. Yeah, like even that. guys like I'm looking at the list now, Justin Jackson, like just a good guy, mm. and you watch him when they play, and he doesn't do a whole lot wrong. Just. Is serviceable on both ends. Someone you can trust. It's still young as well. Like. So it's yeah, improve, exactly. Like. So it's they're Robin. good. They they just got good guys. Like Dwight Powell is perfect for them. 
He's obviously Maxi on Megan Kleber. Yes, Maxi Kleber. Um, Dylan Wright. Dylan Wright's one of those 2K guys I love. <laughs> so I love him in real life. I haven't even watched him play that often, but his 2K form is unbelievable. He's a, so He's a very good player. Um, we'll switch conferences. We'll go to Boston. Um, a, a young team probably in the same boat as uh, Dallas um, with probably a bit more pressure to – you know, sort of, they have they have been and done that a little bit in the playoffs, so they got a bit more to prove there. Currently, the three seed, forty three and twenty one. Um, glass half full for Boston. William, uh, Brad Stevens. Yep, I, I put as glass half full. I mean, he's he's shown his ability to like a coach, but just adapt with the players, and we can see what he can do. Like with this very similar squad he's got right now. A few years back, like what you just mentioned, that Tatum Tatum led team, and Kyrie's not there. Another glass half full, honestly. <laughs> and I know they they gel well. They all know their role, and they're very powerful to throw a very large number of different lineups at you. They're not they don't have the ability to throw big lineups at you. They're not a tall team at all. They, are. but they have firepower, and yeah. they can come at you from many different angles. The and fact I'm, that they have Gordon Hayward is probably the fourth offensive option. Yeah. On just in the starting lineup, it's insane. So, yeah. and just and on both ends too. So, top five offense, top five defense. There's not many. The only teams that are doing that kind of stuff statistically, you know, the Clippers, LA, and Milwaukee. Uh, sorry, the Clippers, the Lakers, and Milwaukee. So, those top tier teams that we are discussing in championship contention. So, you have to have Boston in there, mm. especially with the form Tatum had. Pre-lockdown without Kemba, um, he's got all the tools, all the tools. <laughs> so um, he's he's very dangerous. Um, and I think the thing that with like something like the bubble is these young, energetic, you know, now rested teams. I think they'll have an advantage because it un- only has, you know it only has to go right for this small period, and with them being able to you know, recover quickly and you're not relying on older guys who, you know, might have banged up bodies and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, speaking of banged up bodies, do you have a bit of a, a worry for Kemba Walker who still has that same, is it the ankle injury that's been bothering I him? I think it's for, a knee. Yeah. Um, so Either one. It's still like, been bothering him for a lot longer and he's came up and said that, that he's quite annoyed with how long it's been bothering him. Yeah, and it's still bad now. Mm. Entering, so every other superstar basically... You know, they're saying, oh, I'm in the best shape of my life of this year, coming into the bubble, and that's not what Kemba's saying. And my uh, my Boston source, just by listening to him, is Bill Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> and so and he, whenever he's worried about something to do with Boston or, or happy with something to do with Boston, I tend to jump on that bandwagon. And he's, yeah, so he's worried about Kemba because of the fact that it seems to be something that he'll have to deal with for the rest of his career, almost like a Kawhi with the sort of injury he has that seems to be something that he'll just have to deal with and, you know, load manage. So, yeah, from all accounts, that's why Charlotte didn't pay him the money that he was requesting. That and Charlotte's front office is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. We won't go into that, though. Altogether. Um, Speaking on the Canberra injury, though, can it, I guess we're sort of going to glass off empty now, but who do you see as being a serviceable backup for them? I mean, because obviously Marcus Smart would likely start if Amber yeah. is out, but then you've got the likes of Brad Wanamaker, uh, Romeo Langford 
possibly stepping in Carson Edwards. That's sort of who you're looking at as replacements. And by no means are they big name players. Brad Wanamaker is probably the most likely player to step forward and take Mm -hmm. the minutes. Yeah, I mean, so Marcus Smart is a a great bloke to have. Very underrated. Very underrated. In my books. Yeah, so, and does it all defensively, and we know that, and um, he's one of those guys that can actually defend and gets under the skin of the opposition's Mm. best player. So that's always something valuable. Um, I don't know why, I just love Carson Edwards. I I, I just hope he can, like... Well, they've Just been, they've been the playing in, in yeah. the preseason. Um, so in the games, in the so. scrimmage game against Houston uh, yesterday, he had nineteen five rebounds and four assists, and a filthy poster on James Harden. Mm. Like he can jump, filthy. We can jump. Um, there's just something about. It. I just. That's just like fanboy. I just hope he, <laughs> I hope he just becomes the replacement. Nah, it goes really good. I'm with you. I'm <laughs> but with you. speaking about fanboys in terms of Boston plays, Taco Fall coming in. Let's <laughs> let's get some Taco minutes in the playoffs. I mean, Bowl Bowl's playing. Let's get Taco in Bowl. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's obvious we're going the complete other direction. We're going massive dudes. Are in. <laughs> Tiger Falls gonna be it's the, new the next big thing. <laughs> <laughs> As Darren Mori has a stroke, <laughs> listening to this. Um, but this, like, like we've sort of mentioned, I think in another podcast, this Boston Celtics team, they they literally do the exact same thing with Houston in terms of their small ball. They run a lot of um, Grant Williams at the five, mm-hmm. and just just smaller dudes at the five, and essentially like Daniel Tice, he's like six eight. He's not tall. He's not tall at all. At and all. He plays a lot of center for them. Around yeah. twenty one minutes or so at center, according to the five thirty eight numbers. But that um, Tice, by no means bad player, very good defensive ratings on Daniel Tice, and he can stretch the floor a bit for himself too. But it's for all the talk there is around Houston and their small ball, everything's tiny, six eight, Covington six seven, whatever it is. The Celtics do the exact same thing. You just don't notice it because you oh. Daniel Tice, he's a center. Is it because there's no be- different? Yeah, is it really? because they've got it's just the name know, players that they have? Robert Covington, you think of him as a three? Yeah, Tucker. Oh man, he can play the five. He's six, six five, six six, whatever he is. Anyway, yeah, but, I think six six. But yeah. is it because you got Tatum, Brown, and Hayward who are all sort of elite defensive and, players, and as they're well. and they're big, mm. small forwards. So it's almost like you don't realize that they got a small. Lineup, there would be a lot just that on plays the eye. Into that, yeah, uh, you know what and I mean? they still obviously have other bigs on the roster. In S. Cantor, mm. uh, I mean, Grant Williams seems like a, f- a four or a stretch five. You can't put him to that anyway. Yep. Grant Williams, another a big player, I think is very underrated as well. Um, but the, yeah, they do have the other players, a taco fall to come off the bench to play some minutes like that. Boston have just got a whole bunch of guys that it's like I didn't realize you're in the NBA. And now you're playing significant minutes for Boston, and you're good. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, there's just it's a like Dante Divincenzo. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, when did you even? It's just like all of a sudden they just signed this random dude from off the street, and now he's good. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Um, you obviously know him because I feel like, yeah, well, I know my players. I play enough two K to be familiar oh, enough yeah, with you, every player. You're doing some. Do you know who Vincent Poirier is? Uh, let's not get into that (laughs) (laughs) let's not go down that road Um, so as it stands for Boston there I think they're going to end up being one of the luckiest teams in the bubble because they're so they're three games back from Toronto they're probably not going to move up too high they're two and a half games in front of Miami so I, I feel like they're pretty set in the three three spot and 
So they're playing Philly at the moment in the sixth spot, but Philly will most likely overtake Indiana. So mm. Boston could run into a injury-riddled Indiana mm. in the first round and have a, a fairly easy first round uh, compared to what other teams are going to be having in the in the first round. So, and then they go to the to the second round. Um, I know pretty well placing Toronto most likely. Yeah, most likely playing a playing a Toronto. Um, who they can match up against. I mean, they don't have the yeah, big guys, obviously. Yeah, and I think they definitely backed them. They definitely backed themselves in, se- you know, through seven games over at Toronto. Mm. I think they'd have a bit more. Oh, do they? Yeah, a bit more. Oh, just firepower power. and just star power, and you know, you can, you can give the ball to Jason Tatum. And I'm going to trust that he's going to get a bucket. As Even Jalen Brown. Um, the Raptors are yeah, like Brad Brad Stevens is a great coach and mm. like Nick Nurse and they can it'll be it'll be a good game of chess with them not yeah not check it's a big game of chess and they'll be going back and forth very well which yeah. is a, I'm, I'm looking at the five five thirty eight rankings shout out five thirty eight again once again <laughs> please sponsor, sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> um and they have the Celtics being quite solidified in the three seed if not yeah. even possibly moving up to the two right, and they're rank they're actual. Their point differentials a bit better than the Raptors as well, so it shows that on paper, stats wise and whatnot, they are they're better than the Raptors, so they can yeah. match up against them all right. Um, they, yeah, like you said, they have the paces falling down and being quite stuck in that sixth spot, mm. which is as expected. Um, but yeah, as as not much, I don't have much faith in Indiana. So they don't they don't have to have the they just not they have that sex appeal, I guess. To, yeah. You want to back them, but I mean, they still do have a few players on their roster that could give them a, a decent I, game. Definitely not, they're definitely no, up. they're definitely no scrub team. But when you lose Sabonis, who's been your, mm. your anchor for the whole season, and yeah. you're getting back Victor Oladipo, who was second guessing even playing, he's a bit of a shell of himself. Yeah, he, he hasn't fully like he's openly said, you know, when I came back, you know, they might I might be healthy, but I'm not. I'm on a I'm on a minutes restrictions. I'm obviously mm-hmm. he's like he, he said although I'm back I might not be fully back to a hundred percent that everyone expects me to be. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you can't just throw him in there and say okay Indiana's now back to what they were with Victor Oladipo in previous mm-hmm. seasons. So th- yeah. they're going to be relying on you know system, which I don't think there is is strong enough. Just yet, especially losing yeah, yeah, Sabonis. They're a quietly deep team, Indiana, but just yeah, yeah, not just, compared just to what there. what I think everyone else has on paper. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Boston could, yeah, could it have an f- easy first round. Um. Yeah, match up and and possibly move through to the Eastern Conference Finals, relatively unscathed, mm. potentially. Then have a. I mean, they don't match up terribly either against Milwaukee. Yeah, I think they. So it's because they don't seem to match up well with Philly. Philly seemed to have had a mm. good run against them, especially this season. Mm. Um, so missing them in the first round is key. And then you sort of hope that maybe Miami takes them out yeah. in the first round. Mm. That would be their ideal situation. Mm. Um, we'll switch back to. Actually, we'll go to Philadelphia. While we're on the on the subject, so Philly, the sixth seed at the moment, thirty nine and twenty six, heading into the bubble. Um, so much talent on paper. Everyone was a lot of people's pick to make the finals this year, going into the into the season. Um, what's your glass half full for Philly? Will? 
they're big. They're, I mean, they're, they're big. big. <laughs> they have Aussie Ben Simmons. I mean, oh, it's, they've been a bit underwhelming the past few years in the playoffs, but mm. I mean, yeah, they, they have a lot of a lot of height, a lot of good players, and I, I I just can't help as shit as they've been playing. It just seems over the time it's just you always seem disappointed with them. You can never count them out. Mm. One of those teams that no matter what as well. I mean, they have. That quietly, their trade they made for was Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson with Golden State was quietly a very good deal for them. They get um just those few wing guys that literally, if they if they want to just go a bit smaller and just say have Ben off the floor and surround and be with shooters, they can do that if they want to have a meet off the floor and I don't know the same thing. Surround Ben with shooters, they can do that. They can do a lot of different things and they have a lot of really strong lineups that work well. Ben and Horford work well, and yeah, you just you cannot count them out. Well, yeah, because so you just said um, that. So they they have you know they, their play of, uh, winning hasn't been superb, but we we all forget last year they were one ridiculously lucky shot off mm. going to the Asian Conference Finals. Like yeah. That quiet shot was utterly they, ridiculous. They, they lost from a, a low percentage. They defended it. Respect to the shot. Or respect to the shot, but like they... You can make an argument they're the second best team playoff-wise. Yeah. Last season. That's no shit. Like that last shot, Simmons pushes, gets Kawhi, pushes him... You can't defend that any other way. To the base, yeah. And then Ben realises that Joel is now there. He's going to shoot over seven-foot Joel Embiid. Mm. And Joel defends it perfectly. He's fading away. Like the odds of that going in are just so slim. Very slim. So... A fit, you know, that shot doesn't go in. We're talking about Philly in a completely different light. Mm. Jimmy Butler might still be there. You mm. know, that, that one shot changed a lot for Philly and, and a lot in terms of their perception. Um, so that's why I refuse to count them out now, especially now that they're in the bubble. There's no home court advantage. I know they're – so they were bad, terrible they on the road. Terrible on the road. road but they, they were awesome at, at home. They lost like two games or three games in the yeah. entire season at home. Yeah, it was actually ridiculous. Mm. But they – they just couldn't win on the road. Exactly. Um, Do you count this bubble well, that's on the, thing. the road? I mean, they're yeah. training on those courts and around that area, and it's it's the same for everyone. And it uh, could, there's no fans yelling at them. I only see it helping them. Mm. That, that's my thinking. Just neutral ground. Neutral ground. There's just no advantage anywhere. So you just get it's talent be talent. And I guess you can say a lot of it as well is that the players could just not be rested when they go on their road games. They might just they mm. might just not react well to having irregular sleep patterns or whatnot. And you could, I mean, there's, there's argument going into that. We haven't heard anything about it, and that's something that Philly should uh, hire me for. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it, there's not really any excuses for him now. It's all there. It's all in front of them. They're on th- the biggest level playing field there is, and. Yeah, we can really see what they can do. And, uh, like, they're another team that if they win the title, you can still talk to them like it wasn't a fluke season. They're good. Like, they were good. They had injuries. Mm. Like, they've been missing people. And 538's prediction for them at, at full strength in the roster was 60 wins. Mm. Like, they're a very good team. And from the very beginning of the season, a lot of people had them as a favourite. Yeah. And by any means, have boosted the roster with the trades they've made this year. So I think they've begun although way too late, but they've begun to figure out what they're going to do with Al Horford, mm-hmm. um, what they can do with Ben and sort of the different lineups, that, who they're going to start with, what they're going to do sort of throughout the game with lineups and what they're going to throw at other teams. I think they've finally started to figure that out, which is important for them, obviously. Ben's 
I'll, as I've always said, I'll believe it when I see it in a regular game, but he was shooting more threes in the scrimmages. Mm. Um, you know, just shooting open shots, like just mm. regular, catch it on the wing, bloke sags off, little jab step, <laughs> rise up. Uh, that's just, it's like V. He loves yeah, a little loves jab, the jab step, step and he'll, he'll pop it right up. Fundamental basketball. <laughs> um, another glass half full um, for them is that Embiid, from all accounts, is in great shape and has been working sort of non-stop in these four months since lockdown. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get, instead of a full season of roller coaster Joel Embiid, you could be getting peak fitness, peak performance Joel Embiid for this few months period, mm-hmm. which would be scary for most teams. Yeah, exactly. And, he, and he's been spending a lot of time around his teammates in this bottle bubble obviously so it's team bonding in that and we can we've seen what Embiid's like when he's happy and when he's in a good environment even when Philly was losing and they just go on that little run in the year uh, they only got up to like 25 wins but when he started playing he it's good when the chemistry is good with them and it's all rolling and just doing well maybe this bubble will save him and Ben's relationship yeah maybe just force them together an NBA title could do that to some people yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um that that's the whole franchise and Brett Brown, they are just praying that they just win one mm. and then all the pressure seems to... Even just make it to the final so yeah. they know they have the ability to. Mm-hmm. It would break Joel Embiid's heart losing in the finals. Oh. It would say something that it, they can play <laughs> together. It, it might save Brett Brown's job. Mm. You just never know. Mm. Um, we've probably already sort of discussed a little bit, but glass half empty for Philly. Uh, I guess Ben, ben and Joel, can they play together? Is it... Mm. It, it's, it's the whole talk around Philly, every discussion. Can they play together? Can they not? Even when they have a good game, it's like, can it last? Like, yeah. Such high there's always, an, there's always a negative, even with a positive for Philly, mm. I feel. I feel like right now, though, as well, you put Ben Simmons on a lot of teams with a bit more space. Say you, you replace him with Giannis. You put him... Oh, I'm just trying to think of teams off the top of my head. It's hard. Mm. On the Rockets team right now, replace him with Russ mm. and have that spacing. He's... In my books, hundred percent a top ten player in everyone's everyone's ranking. Yeah, it's just right now he's being so overshadowed. They've got a very powerful team of mm. a lot of guys who can shoot and do a lot for him. Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, just other guys. Like he has the ball in the ha- in his hands and has more responsibility. Like he's essentially a Giannis. Mm. He really is. He, he he's a point guard that's big and can just get to the rim, and he has that ability to. Might not have the finishing capabilities as Giannis, but he's very—he's a better playmaker, and he can still just just do as much. So, essentially, and Joel Embiid, I think, is in everyone's top ten of plays. That's two top ten guys on your team, and that's mm. why it's such high expectations for him. If they have a bad first round or second round, it, it could really derail the team. And it's like—is is Brett Brown the one going? Is Ben? Is Joel? Is one of them just come up and say I request a trade? Like. Mm. That's why I it's just, a lot riding if, on this. <laughs> even they, though it's if they season, but yeah, if they blow it up and one of them leaves, I'll be furious because it's just you don't. It's not often you get like too easy, too easily teams these days are just quitting on what and the stars they have together. Like they've just they've, oh, it doesn't they've work drafted these. They've drafted yeah, exactly. They've drafted these See two yeah. guys. They're still so young. They have them locked in for contract for the next four years or so, both of yeah, them. Yeah, so just run the course, fill everything around just them. Try, just try, just yeah, do other things. That's why I like signing Al Horford. It's like if... They had to go. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to try and make it work with other 
lineups and having him off the bench and everything, which mm. I like, and you know, not just throwing in the towel. Mm. It doesn't work immediately. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's become so much of need to do it now, mm. and to a, to a point there is that with Philly, you do expect them to win now, but. It's also the long game. Yeah, exactly. Don't forget about that. There are three teams in the league that have two top 10 guys on them, which means there's three very powerful teams and then Milwaukee. Mm. Right? And you know it's the Lakers, Clippers, and Philly. And I guess, sorry, that's my top 10. But like I said, Ben Simmons on another team, he's quite easily a top 10. And then you've got Paul George, Kwai, uh, AD, LeBron, yep. and then Giannis himself. He counts as two stars. So, <laughs> um so you lose one of these guys, it's huge for you. But I'll ask you now, if there is a trade... Oh, don't ask me. Who do they trade? Who who do you want to build around? It's it's hard in my eyes, maybe a bit of Aussie bias. You want yeah. to, I think Ben can win you more. I, and that seems to be the general consensus is from what I've heard and listened to is that Ben might be their guy. But if it all, when it all if it comes down to it... Can you trade the guy whose nickname is literally after the old GM? The process. Yeah, I mean... Oh. The storyline for Embiid and Philly is way greater than any Ben Simmons yeah. thing. The connection there is way stronger in Embiid's way. I've spoken to people in a lot of uh, uh, online groups and little fantasy off-season things, and they all say Embiid, what he does around the city of Philly is great. He'll yeah. go out and just have chats with people. He doesn't fuck people off. He will, yeah. He'll have a good chat to anyone. He's that friendly of a guy, and he, he does wonders for the city of Philadelphia. So yeah. And that's probably why they could might have even held on to him longer than people would expect. I mean, and I think, I don't know, from, from what I've heard, Ben isn't isn't that in the community, and mm. you know, he's even said I I don't go outside much. Um, he's pre- he's pretty you know reserved to his room and and his house, um, you know, because he's so well known and such a star. And I get that to a point, but there's also a point where you got to be like a bit of a Joel Embiid and go out and give back yeah give back be involved um and that's such an important thing in basketball it seems especially you know basketball Ballarat they're huge on their community work because without it there's just no attachment to the city exactly so I think that takes you back to when we had Roy Booker and the sort of stuff Ooh, he was he doing could, for the he community. Could, he could shoot the ball, that man. He, he could shoot the ball, but yeah. he was a big time for Ballarat Basketball's yeah. community. He did a lot. Yeah. Start, and it all started with someone like Eric Hayes. Yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> and it's, it, show, it shows how much it does for your own reputation. Um, probably increases your trade value a little bit too, because, I mean, yeah. you know, Bradley Beal is so much higher in my books because he's a superstar mm. but he's a great community Damon guy. Does, Lillard does, yeah Damon Lillard does so much for the locker room for the community for the, just the franchise mm. as a whole so, so they're the most valuable guys yeah, yeah 100% yeah. Um, okay so we'll switch back to the west and we'll finish off with Phoenix and Memphis we'll go to Phoenix to start with because Memphis are pretty intriguing with the you know their eighth seed race <laughs> going into the bubble Um so Phoenix probably a surprise to most people that, people that they're there, but they're there, so we will discuss them <laughs> anyway. Um, can't believe it. they're the 13 seed and they're there. Like there's 15 teams in the West. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, they're 26 and 39. Um, yeah, they're they're six games behind Memphis in the eighth seed. How how many games behind the ninth seeded? Pelicans, is it? Uh, right oh, yeah. So the Pelicans, Portland, and, and Sacramento are all on the same um, 
get all all on the same yeah record. King's quite um, loitering. So they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll discuss it with Melrose today. So mm. are we just forgetting about the Kings? Yeah. Like they literally have the same record as Portland and um the Pelicans. And they have a pretty easy schedule. No sex appeal in Sacramento. No sex appeal, but like <laughs> you can't just forget about them. Like they have a pretty pretty nice schedule for mm. for them. Um so I just wouldn't put it past them. Okay? Sneaky Fiverr? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they, no one, no doubt, sports better completely writing them off as well, like the rest of the league. <laughs> take, so take a stab at it. I mean, that, that's your I'm, next multi right there. I'm, I'm telling a, you, I told you number the twelve dollars. I'm I'm riding hot. <laughs> I may as well go You're riding with hot it. with your one win one multi out of after a twenty lose <laughs> Yeah, you never talk about the losses. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're they're two and a half games back from the nine, ten, and eleven seed. So. I mean, they're there, but a lot has to go right. Like, a lot has to go right for them to be anywhere near it. Um, what's your glass half full for uh, Phoenix? Glass half full is that they're quietly just a really good team when they're at full strength. Yeah. Um, I think I And they showed that in the first sort of quarter of the season before injury and then a little bit of sort of form and experience. Exactly. And Aiden was out for the first 25 games. He missed 35 games in total. Mm. That's a lot of that's a lot of basketball. That's a lot of basketball. For, from your starting centre who's really good. Exactly. And I, I don't have it up, up in front of me now, but I think that actual starting lineup of theirs where they have Bridges in instead of Saric, Kelly Oubre, Devin Booker, um, and Aiton and Rubio, that, that starting lineup I think was top five, even top three in the league. Mm-hmm. With a big sample size, so it's not an outlier. Just random little lineup throw in there. They are they are very good, and in five thirty eight at full strength, predict them as a forty two win team, mm. which is higher than the, what they have the Grizzlies as a full strength, higher than a lot of teams, and probably around the eighth seed or the maybe not the seventh seed around there. But like that, they're, they're a good team. They mm. have they have a good vet, and Aaron Baines, who lit it up. Yeah, before Baines we went to shut down. <laughs> But they are there. He's a good team. He's another one. Missed twenty three games, mm. and as soon as he was out, it was down for them. Yeah. Noticeable dip because mm. when Aiton was out, Baines covered that pretty well, mm. especially on the defensive end. Did you know everything that was needed for from him just that, as a role player? They were, they were fighting in that eighth seed for a while, weren't they? In the yeah, eighth yeah. or seventh seed. They yeah, were up they there were right around there. What they're doing? To go, look at the five thirty eight trends now. They're up. Around 70, 75% for a, a few weeks there, where they were like, in terms of making the playoffs. And yep. it was it was looking pretty good. And that, these are starting random numbers. This is their form. This is everything mm. put in. And 538's numbers are quite respected in that terms. The fact that they're above 50%, even then, for a, more than half the season shows that at full strength, they are a powerful team. Yeah. Definitely a powerful team. And DeAndre Aiden, very underrated player as well. So underrated. Mm. I don't. I mean, he's a number one pick. A year removed from being number one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's like everyone just removed. like forgot. Like he was picked number one for a reason. He was and picked he's over bad. Luka Doncic <laughs> and, and Trey Young. And I know what <laughs> they've been putting up numbers wise, but you look at DeAndre Ayton's numbers, and dude is flat out balling. Mm. I mean, I know. You can nitpick a lot of his stuff that he doesn't do right, but he's better on defense analytically he, than he is on offense. Yeah, and that and was a big thing. That everyone, oh, he can't play defense. He's nothing. He's and he's noticeably improved. I mean, you watch any of their games and he's noticeably improved on that end. Admiral 2.0, David Robinson, clone, calling it now. Yeah. Um, so to your point, to <laughs> you, you were not <laughs> sorry taking just, that at all. <laughs> no, I agree. I like it. It's good. Um, 
to but to that lineup that you were discussing before. Mm. So uh, yeah, Aiton, Booker, Bridges, Ubre, and Rubio. 226 minutes plus 18 and a half points per 100 possessions. So, noticeably good. Very good team. Yep. Um, just quickly, I just want to look at DeAndre Ayton's averages for this season. Just want to just discuss that. So, 19 points, 12 rebounds, almost two blocks a game, uh, shooting 54% from the field. So, I mean, you definitely can't be saying that he's bust or anything or he's been he's bad. efficient too yeah efficient uh, not to, he's, he's a bit rough he's like he's young he's 21 years old he averaged a double double last year in his first year 16 mm. and 10 shooting 58 percent from the field four offensive rebounds a game like, is a very so, underrated thing as well yeah like a, a lot of guards these days can go just grab a lot of defense like defensive rebounds any i'm not gonna say anyone can it's a skill rebounding yeah it's a very underrated skill to be able to rebound but Offensive rebounds a very big skill to have. You know, yeah. it's a very big thing. It's a whole new possession for your team. Yep. You know, um, um, and yeah. he's a f- physical specimen. He is a big boy. He is uh, another seventy-seven percent from the free throw line shows great signs that give it a few years he can stretch his shot out to the three. And he's, he's slowly bringing it out there. in college. He shot a few. Yeah, that was the college three point line. He has a decent mid range on him, and a lot of his shots are honestly not great shots. He should be taking there. Mm floaters and silly sort of mid-range shots, but he's hitting them, which shows that he's going to get that touch from three. Like, it it will happen. Those big guys, it's like in every sport, it seems, they just take a little bit longer to adjust to the game, you know, understand their role, where they have to be. You know, Luca just gets given the ball straight away, and so you learn quickly. It's like you're thrown to the fire a bit, and DeAndre Aden has to learn sort of, you know, he, he's he, not he, a different way to Luca in that sense. Yeah, like, yeah. He played college and high school ball where he can take those sort of mid ranges. He can back people up and do a little fade like that because he's still going to be a f- like at least five inches tall than everyone in high yeah. school and in college. You know, and once he sort of learns and looks into those analytics, I c- he's easily going to be a guy that can shoot over sixty percent field goal percentage. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, so I like I like the uh, him and D book. They seem to be gelling. Well, mm. so T book needs someone to yeah, do that. Yeah. A few more bad seasons for them, and he's out. He is gone. He's trying his hardest to be that guy that sticks around, but mm. oh, he's being wasted away there. Gets hard. Gets hard. He's been unbelievable this year, though, Devin. Just quietly. Just quietly. Like, he's, we talked about him recently, not a great three point shooter. Mm-hmm. He still is. He's just not as good as everyone puts him out to be as a three point champ. But still, 36%, that's about league average, still hits two a game. 49% field goal percentage. So he's, his two-point percentage is up there. He hits 92% of his free throws, mm. which is very good. And he gets to the line seven times a game. And he's he's actually come out and said that he's learning about the little things that James Harden does. And he watch this, watches about that because getting to the line is one of the most underrated skills in the NBA. And mm. he, Yeah, he's developing Doesn't that matter quite how quickly. You, everyone, you know, hates on James Harden for how he gets there and, you know, Slows the game down and it's not as fun to watch, but as if he gives a fuck. The ball's going <laughs> in the bucket and it's putting points on the board. Everyone yeah. shut the fuck up. Like. <laughs> like, as much as you might hate, you know, the way that it looks on the screen, how it's not as entertaining as you'd like, it's efficient. And no wonder De- Devin Booker's taken a mm. leaf out of James Harden's game because that he's already a natural scorer and he's, he's hitting all these scoring marks at such a young age and. Comparing himself to you know greats of the game on Kobe in, in scoring 
uh, in the scoring column. Mm. I mean, you add those James Harden things, and all of a sudden, that's that's all time elite exactly. scoring. And they have a decent amount of defense to put around him. Ubre does his part on D. Mikael uh, Bridges. Oh, I love Mikael Bridges. You, uh, you have oh, bought some serious stock on Mikael Bridges. <laughs> I'm on Mikael Bridges for a Island. long time. He's a very good player, very very good defensive player. But um, like, like Booker's not a great defender himself, but he can. Like we've seen in Golden State and a lot you of other hide, teams, you, you can, can hide, hide that. And yeah. It's system stuff. And Monty Williams, their coach, is a very good system guy. Mm. I've lost bucket loads of faith in James Jones as a GM. You have. You've sold all the stock that was originally... I like him as a guy. Him, him going as a GM has done stupid things. Him going into that role, that was almost the signing of Phoenix's decade. <laughs> to have him as the GM. That was <laughs> so widely loved by the basketball community uh, and... A, you especially have just since then He's gone. Ma- thump, I mean, the, a couple okay trades, but do you know essentially what they got for trading Eric Bledsoe? No, it, w- tell it, me. it was it was just going to be Milwaukee's pick this year, which is pick thirty. It was going to be that they managed to recover it a little little bit and turn it into like a very late twenties pick this year. No, last year. So actually, sorry, no, they did. They cashed it in. They turned it into, where is his name? I have it down. Well, sorry. They turned it into Aaron Baines and Ty Jerome. Sorry, it is. Eric Bledsoe for Aaron Baines and Ty Jerome. <laughs> that like same right. They've made a few silly things. I don't I think trading for Dario Saric was smart. They could have gone a guy like Kobe White, who literally is sort of who they said in a way they were going to take and they said a lot of that pre-draft and they went with Dario Saric and Cam Johnson who has played well but uh, yeah lost all faith <laughs> James Jones just and he's, silly he's at a point now where there's not a lot of room for error mm. you've got someone like Devin Booker mm. you know you need to be nailing who you're getting yeah. and hoping that it starts to click because there's only so long that these blokes will mm. cop and regular like losing books literally come out and said to the organization i'm angry you did not get me d'angelo russell mm. although rubio might have been the better player for that yeah i mean you know my thoughts on <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up Devin Booker. i mean i don't think d'angelo russell was going to help you in any way you know you love russell i'm not massive he's my favorite player i mean so minnesota are going to be are still going to be fucking terrible in my eyes <laughs> and for a long time there's there's nothing I don't care that they got Cat and D'Angelo Russell. I don't think anything's happening there. Uh, maybe I'm just a hater. I wonder if Lamelo Ball goes there. No, <laughs> it's even worse. Because as as I've as I've said to you in regular chats, so with their young coaching staff, great for the you know culture and the way that the players respond to the coach, and they love you know love what they're giving. I don't think there's enough culture being set in there and hardness of almost, this is what we're doing. I don't care what you, you think. This is the winning way to do it. Let's do it this way. This is why the news of Kevin Garnett buying or being a buyer mm. in the team you interests like me because... You do like that. He'll be like... He helped in those... I think he played one season with Cat. Yeah. And you could see the impact he was having on the team mm-hmm. and the way that they gelled, but... I mean, that's just, it's a story for another day, I guess, Minnesota. But did you see as well the reports came out that no matter who buys the team, they cannot move locations until 20, 
2035 without paying $50 million to the city of Minnesota. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. So there's yeah, yeah. no... Uh, for anyone hoping a move to Seattle or something could have been on the uh, books or Las Vegas, sorry to break your hearts, but yeah. it's likely not going to happen unless there's a very rich owner coming in with a 50 mil to spare. But Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. probably is somewhere, but... Um, so I forgot to mention before, so Ryan Saunders... The, the young head coach. You're not that much of a fan of Ryan Saunders. No, well, like I am, but like he can, he can obviously coach and and Kat and D'Angelo and all those young guys love him and there's definitely you that, 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 that's that. so valuable in terms of building, you know, just camaraderie and general mm. wanting to be there, which you need in Minnesota because it sucks as a place. Mm. But in terms of when you couple young with young, I just I don't know if that's quite what they need. They need that strict, okay, you know, we can be friends off the court and we can be close and whatever, but you need structure and you need this is the winning culture, hold each other accountable, all these things, what Kevin Garnett would bring, mm. I think. So there's a place for Ryan Saunders, but I don't know. I just don't know if it fits this team. Well, I'll, I'll tell you now, the... Uh, I don't think you've heard it. There was their Zach Lowe podcast where he brings on Kevin Garnett and Kevin Garnett and Ryan Saunders are incredibly close. They grew, he, Garnett literally grew up as a mentor in uh, some sense for yeah. Ryan Saunders because his dad was the coach of the team and yeah, he yeah. came to everything. Which is why I think it would be... At, they had their pre-game rituals when he was in like high school or middle school over there. So mm-hmm. they're very close. And if Garnett comes in, there's no way Ryan Saunders is leaving. No, but which is why I think KG coming in is so good because he just brings the balance that that they they need. He can let them know that they need to respect Ryan Saunders for the coach he is. And I think what you what you sort of have in mind as a good young coach that has that aggression, like a Brad Stevens, he's young and he can connect with them, Mm -hmm. but he can put his foot down and take control. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the the relationships you build as a coach with your players is so important, mm. but there needs to come a point eventually where it's like, this is the way, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to win either you're in or out. Mm. Um, so, which is why I want, which is why I think KJ will so be so valuable for them. Um, but now they're not even in, in the bubble. So I'm not talking about Minnesota. <laughs> Let's get off that. Uh, we're going to finish off with Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe they're the eight seed. I still like. I still can't believe it. It's almost like when the bubble like became a thing, and everyone and you look at the standings, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like Memphis were going to make the playoffs. I can't. You know how their roster is not very good in terms of. So they got obviously young guys. Boston but, have their pick this year, and they were expecting that to be a top five pick. Yeah. Like, and I think everyone had them mm. as that top five. So pick. they've got a, you know, Ja Morant and um, you know Brooks and who's the, the big center, Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, sorry, Jonas him as well. Jonas. Yeah. Um, so they got that core group of young guys, but you didn't expect them to go. You didn't. This basically, well you didn't away. expect Ja Morant to go that well straight yeah. away and lead the team how he did, and especially with the woes and whatnot. Brandon Clark. That's what I was talking Brandon about. Clark, Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Oh, gonna be, so gonna, probably going to be runner up in the in the rookie of the year. Yeah. Depends how people vote with Zion. Mm. Um, but the fact that that one team sort of has the two best rookies on their roster. Yeah. So it's almost. I've heard a lot of this, and I agree. They've almost put so much pressure on themselves next year. If they do make it this year, 
the expectation next year is you make it again, mm. which wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. And not that doesn't make them bad or going worse. It's just where they're at, I think. And they don't have any other big leaps besides Jaron Jackson and Clark and Moran, which I guess is a good core. Mm. And they do have some nice role players. They just got Winslow, Tyce Jones, like a few nice guys. And Josh, Josh Jackson, is, yes, from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Been playing very, very well for them. Like, you know, when he's been getting significant minutes, he's been putting up monster numbers with high efficiency. And he's a guy who's a defensive player and he's showing it on offense. You know, mm. that's, a, that's a guy that James Jones just let go for nothing. But Yeah, and <laughs> he's a guy that has discussed uh, on social media the fact that uh, the system in, in Phoenix was the thing that let him down, and mm. I can definitely you can see that see that and see the opportunities. Yeah, and just know. the just the development as a player. You, some guys the, they're just unlucky the thing, where they get drafted to because you know Lucas so lucky that he goes into a Dallas system that's mm. set. It's you know comfortable. You've got a great head coach, a great owner. They get along. You know everything's there for you straight away, and you know. Luca could have gone to the Magic just as easily, you know, and imagine yeah. that. Like, he's he's not the player he is right now. No. He, well, he, he's a player, but he doesn't have the opportunities he has, Mm-mm. you know. Um, yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, actually, a little note about that draft. It's quite interesting. I, I followed that draft very closely, and it was almost said and done that Tatum was falling to four. Like that was the global consensus. What everyone sort of had, every betting agency they did, they had Boston taking Josh Jackson at three, which could be a whole different story as well. But it was like even I was like oh, Tatum's going to four to Phoenix, and I love that. I wasn't, I wasn't. A well, he thought he was going four to Phoenix. Exactly. He's disgusted. He said oh, I was fully ready, wanting to go to Phoenix, go play with D Book, mm. and then it's such a big change out of the bat. Yeah. Everyone was quite shocked by it. I mean, like. Yeah, Boston said they had him number one on their board. There's only so much stock you can put into that. Any team's going to say that about whoever they draft. I think Phoenix probably said that about Josh Jackson when they got him, but yeah. he wasn't. And so he's came already into a system where he's probably even more of a two than he is a three. And he's they've got Devin Booker and already other young guys like that that they're trying to build up. And Tatum's a lot more of an off-ball guy that can play off-ball than Josh Jackson was. So it was like, I wouldn't say they weren't ready for it, but... You can tell that the fit was nowhere near as good as what they were expecting. and Yeah, to just sort of have to give him up. Like They, they literally sort of paid to get him off the roster. They gave up D'Anthony Melton, mm. who as well, I don't know if you know much about D'Anthony Melton for the Suns, but he absolutely killed another defensive menace for them who plays almost 20 minutes or something a game towards the end of the season, who's a very, very good, bright young player, D'Anthony Melton. Um yeah, well, that once again, Phoenix just gave up on it. Just gave away. <laughs> James literally. Jones stock. Yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. So that um, they have they have a few decent young guys to sort of have some hope in, but you still don't hold them as uh, as high yet. And it's like just how quickly can Jar and Jaron and all those boys and they're um just develop. I mean, they've been super exciting to watch. Oh yeah, like they're you know. The the duo of Jar and Jaron Jackson is going to be unbelievable to track and and keep track of um, over the years. But so the glass half empty for me is that they currently eight could so easily end up. Well, there's a great chance they're going to play. They're going to be in a playoff for 
the eighth seed. Oh, I think it's hundred percent guaranteed. It's going to happen with one of the teams. Mm. They're going to be within four games. Um, and then I mean, especially for the, if they play Portland, are you taking Dame twice over Memphis or Memphis once over Portland? I mean, you know, Dame the, time the playoffs. Is, Memphis is a sneaky team. That oh, can I mean, literally get you wins over anyone. They will fight. I think they got close to the Lakers towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They they beat the Lakers. Yeah, at one so point. Yeah, they put up a fight. Like yeah. they are the hustle team, and by all means, all the teams that are tracing, like sorry, tracing that are following for that ninth seed, aren't proven in a way that you can guarantee that they can, you know, top the Grizzlies in two games. Like mm. two, two games is a lot to win back to back games over. A team like that, you know, like what, what what do you do if you're that nice seed? Do you have, if your gameplay works really well in that game one, do you stick with it going into game two when the mm. other team knows what you're going to do? Like there's, there's a lot of thought into that. That's why I think Grizzlies have a good a chance, you know, with that. But currently like the 538 predictions currently have the Grizzlies only being one game when it's all said and done over the Pelicans. Yeah. So they could, they could drop to that ninth seed before the playoff game happens and they might have to do two wins themselves. Yeah. That would be unbelievable. Mm. What a, you know, just like, uh, I still myself think it's going to be the Pelicans over the trailblazers. And yeah. I, yeah. And the Pelicans have been, they haven't, they've, sorry, they've absolutely destroyed Memphis when they've played each other mm. this season. So that, yeah, that one without Zion, one with, yeah, I think they, and they're completely contrasting style. So, New Orleans are just fast, up the floor, just be quick, score as much as possible, and hopefully on the def- defensive end they get by. Memphis don't shoot a lot of threes, and the threes they do shoot aren't very efficient. Mm. So they, it's just completely contrasting styles. Mm. So if you get a New Orleans on a good night, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention if if New Orleans are there in that if the ninth or the eighth seed, they are in form. It just so that they are going to be the better team going in. No, no matter what team ends up ninth, they are in form essentially to get to that ninth spot. They have to be in form. Yeah, right. And they, an array an array of offensive plays that can give you scores on any night. So mm. Drew Holiday can pop up and have twenty five thirty. Brendan Ingram shown what he can do. Zion is Zion. Worst case, Lonzo ball catches fire, hits five or five yeah, from the three point line. That's exactly. that is has happened, and it can it happened mm. regularly mm. during the season, so it can happen again. Um, not quite sure if Memphis have that. It's just apart from Jar. He even then depends. Jar had a couple big games, but he's not reliably going to bring you a thirty piece or something. And yeah, they've lost. They lost Jay Crowder, who I thought was a very big piece for them, and now have a Winslow coming in, who's un like he's not. Used to this roster, Crowder was perfect for the for the Grizzlies in terms culture of just culture, how they play on the floor. So it was a big Good loss, grind. getting rid of him. Um, yeah, so a very underrated loss in that. And it's yeah, all the, the a lot of their threats that they have, especially in Valanciunas, are going to be played off the floor. And most the situation, like most teams that they do play, come that eight ninth seed matchup. Um, and I think the Grizzlies play the Pelicans twice, don't they? I th- uh, I'm pretty sure they do. So yeah, they no, they don't. They don't. No, New Orleans. So New Orleans play Utah, the Clippers, Memphis, Sacramento, Washington, Spurs, Sacramento again, Orlando. Sorry, yeah. So just once, and we'll I guess we we could end up seeing four, no, three games between them mm-hmm. within that time, and yeah, 
yeah, we know. I, I, I can almost comfortably say I could see a matchup. They, they just they just don't think that they match up that well, and they've honestly been quite lucky to get where they are. Mm-hmm. At the start of the season, they're only like a twenty percent likelihood of making it as far as they were, according to five thirty eight like predictors and stuff, and that just diminished. And even even before the bubble and stuff like that, it, it wasn't looking any wasn't better promise. Any and right now, their chance of making the playoffs is still around 35 40%. Mm. At, at this rate, like they just the this uh, analytics don't support what they're doing. I'm a bit, uh, you know, I'm a big numbers guy. Yeah. If you haven't been able to tell that by now. So it's, they sort so of support everything we're saying. So, but with all that, huge props to. Everyone oh, on the on the roster, coaching staff, they've, they've been whittled unbelievable out every because mm. with everything analytically going against you, age, demographic, you know, trades during the year, all of that, mm. point guard that can't shoot great yet, um, all that happening and they're still the eight seed by three and a half games. Yeah. Not many teams, but there were 17 games to go before the lockdown. Not many teams are losing that that margin mm. in NBA history. Mm. Um, and worst case, though, is, I mean, the worst part about it is, though, is they'll, if they make it, they're playing the Lakers in the first round. So it's like yeah. four games, bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe, <laughs> bye-bye. maybe five if they get hot one night, but, mm. yeah, they stand exactly. no chance. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I think there's some statistical correlation between teams that do not have their draft pick in a current, in a given season and them playing better. We saw that a few, I think it was two seasons ago, or it could have even been last, because I think it could have been last year where the Kings broke out, out of nowhere and finally stopped being shit. <laughs> you know, I think it was last year and it was Philly, I think, that had their pick. Yeah, it was Philly and it was in that Tatum trade and it was just out. Everyone was like, oh, they're going to be a bottom three team again. The Kings suck. Like, out of nowhere, a good team. I think it's happened again this season. I think yeah. some management or something must come down and be like, look, we don't have our pick. We have... We can't be happy with losing. No matter mm. what, we don't want to give this other team a pick. And if we suck this much, we don't have a pick to get better. So it's... Yeah. I'd like to look into that a bit further. Yeah. But I think He's opening a can of worms there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's just a, a sneaky little thing yeah. where some coaches could be okay with teams... Sorry, front officers could be okay with teams losing mm. if they have their pick. But yeah. Memphis don't. So they are playing their heart out. Mm-hmm. You know, they have no reason to tank Ju- and at all. So with everything that Memphis has been in previous years with the grit and grind, Jar is all of that. So yeah. I think it's just oh. going to be, mm. while not this year, it's going to be so fun to keep track of and, and watch. They're and interesting to watch now. I yeah. would not switch the TV on to watch them and uh, Mark soul <laughs> Zach Randolph, Mike Conley. They're fun in a playoff scenario against a good team because yeah. they fight. Yeah. Those old, uh, it was the one playoff series against the Warriors, I yeah. think. They and had it. Mm, they, were, they were very good. And Mike mm. Conley, yeah. Uh, Black Isles cuts blood. I just remember being blood yeah. during that series, and yeah. it was great to watch. And great I hope Jar watch. brings that. And I see a lot of Derek Rose and Jar. I can mm-hmm. see him going a long way. And, that, yeah. and the, if, if anything, watching them this couple grading games and stuff, I'm just watching Jar. Yeah, really. I'm. Just I think everyone is Jar. I yeah. don't think they're a real crack at anything. If New Orleans make the eighth spot, if Portland do, they're going to give more a crack. In the playoffs or anything, yeah. The Lakers are praying that Memphis make it. 100%. Like praying, yeah. praying to go. Even though they lost to them, they still will, oh, will beat them. In they're, they're the perfect the matchup for them. That yeah. they, have, they have no matchup for their, the Lakers' big lineup. So, mm. um, well, will that that's it? 
That's all of them. Yeah. Take the box. Take the box. It's done. <laughs> Unbelievable. Was it 12 hours now, 13 hours until the game starts tomorrow? Yeah. So these will be these will be these pods will be irrelevant in 24 hours, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> we still we get them out there. Um thanks for joining us uh, for these few episodes, mate, and we'll definitely have you back on when we just need a little analytics fix. <laughs> you always need your numbers. You Everyone always need the numbers. The numbers are always there. So <laughs> it's not like you, you can't run from them. They're there. Exactly. Uh, and you're going to provide them. Perfect. Uh, happy uh, to help out. So thanks for joining us, mate. And we'll chat soon. No worries.